much young adult praise team let's give God some praise for them again please Amen. would you join me this morning in first Kings chapter 18 first Kings chapter 18 and I want to read verses 41 through 46 first Kings chapter 18 verse 41 through 46 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 41. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go back seven times. And it came about at the seventh time that he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the heavy shower rain does not stop you. So it came about in a little while that the sky grew black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy shower. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he girded up his lions and outran Ahab to Jezreel. Amen. You may be seated. Verse 43, again, he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing what to do when you don't see anything that's what I want to talk about this morning as we look at this final episode at least for a while between Ahab and Elijah what to do when you don't see anything there is not the slightest hint that Elijah is now standing at Mount Carmel with raised hands depicting victory over the 450 prophets of Baal. No doubt there would be justification for Elijah celebrating with great joy, witnessing what he knew would take place, his faith and confidence that God would indeed answer by way of fire in the presence of his enemies. And yet Elijah, we find, standing as if to say, now is not the time to celebrate, but instead we must prepare to move to the next assignment because there's much work yet to be done. Elijah has done double duty at Mount Carmel 
he has conveyed without question two messages in one scene. The first message he's spoken strictly to Israel by reminding them now that restoration has once again come to your house. Elijah is raising the consciousness that whenever you now know that God has restored your soul, when you know that you have been forgiven for that which you knew was wrong or a violation of God's word, and yet you are still able to testify that I'm alive and I'm well and I've been given a second chance, Elijah says, keep in mind it's grace and it's mercy once again that has restored your soul. He uses the altar and the 12 stones and the dousing of the altar three times with water, all as symbolic gesture to remind the Israelites of two incidents in their history. The crossing of the Jordan, you remember in Joshua chapter four that in order to cross the Jordan, the priest had to set 12 stones in the Jordan River because the river flowed with such currency and when they would step in, it would rise to even the level of their waist. But God placing the 12 stones in the Jordan River enabled Israel to walk over on dry ground because he demised the water by reminding them that each stone represent each of the tribes of Israel. It's a symbolic gesture to remind us that there have been some waters that God could have allowed to overtake us, but instead he allowed the memory in which he had brought us safe thus far to step in the troubled waters and demise the waters. Here's a case in point. Hezekiah should have died, said the prophet Isaiah. But Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and cried out, Lord, you know I've been a faithful servant. And because of that, my expectation is that I should experience life and not death. God tells the prophet Isaiah, go back and tell Hezekiah, I've extended his life another 15 years. In other words, Hezekiah and Elijah is reminding Israel inadvertently that you should be glad that what could have happened has not happened. What could have came to pass did not come to pass, but you were granted another chance one more time. We talked about that last week. And because of that, you should be celebrating, thank God, for another opportunity. Restoration was experienced because Elijah is reminding Israel that God will not permit you to have two lords in your life. Remember, God says in Exodus 20, verse 1, that I am a jealous God and I don't allow anyone else to take my spot in your life. He reminds Israel that you cannot put anybody ahead of me, and God is reminding us on this morning, I am the priority in your life. I am the Lord of your life, and if you have a difficult time understanding that, just remember who it was that went to Calvary on one good Friday. They could not continue in the condition that they had been delivered from, 
So in verse 40, Elijah says to them, now that you know that the prophets of Baal do not have a God who can be victorious in your life, slay them, get rid of them, kill them. In essence, Elijah is saying to us, get rid of that which has been killing you. Let the enemy know that there's no space in your life for their occupation and that God is the only God who is going to sit on the throne of your heart. That's the first message that Elijah tells. He tells it to Israel. But then there's a second message. And the second message is not just to Israel, but to Ahab himself. Elijah now takes his attention specifically to Ahab because Ahab now has eyewitness evidence that the God of Baal or that the Baal God does not and cannot answer but that the God of Elijah's salvation has showed up by way of fire. Ahab now knows that he must be prepared, says Elijah, to celebrate the coming of the rain. Once again, strangely, Ahab, who claimed and charged Elijah as the corporate of all of his trouble, follow Ahab, or follow Elijah's direction one more time. Says Elijah, there is the sound of rain in the air. He tells Ahab, go and get yourself prepared for a shower of heavy rain, verse 41, is coming. Eat, drink, get ready for a celebration because that which has been absent for the last three years is on its way. Elijah is once again prophesying. Elijah is once again prophesying. Elijah is once again prophesying. He's prophesying to Ahab. When you don't see anything in your condition, prophesy so that the condition will begin to change by faith. Prophesy as Elijah did. There's no rain, but says Elijah, I see a heavy cloud. I see some rain on the way. I know that the storm is coming for goodness because remember for the last three years we've been rolling in drought but Elijah said the storm is on its way. Ahab, get yourself together. Get ready to celebrate. Eat and drink because a storm is coming. I am prophesying that the rain is on its way and if you have a hard time trying to figure out what do I say when you talk about prophesying to your condition, I want you to use Psalm 118 and verse 17 as a base for your directive. What does that say? I will not die, but I will live and tell of the works of the Lord. In other words, look at your condition, even though it's not changing, prophesy and say, you know what? You may look dark and you may look empty and it may seem strange, but I'm not going to die in this situation. I'm going to live because I've got to tell folk about how good God has been, how blessed 
my life is. Yes, I'm in a storm. Yes, I'm in a drought. Yes, I'm in darkness. Yes, I'm struggling now. Yes, I'm crying now. Yes, I'm pushing uphill. Yes, it seems like I'm by myself. Yes, it seems like God has vacated me. But I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe that the rain is coming. Victory is mine. Blessing is on the way. I will not die, but I'm going to live in this situation because I got to tell folk God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I got to tell people the Lord may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. I got to tell people weakness, it may be a place where it looked like I'm dying, but I got strength in the midst of my weakness. I got to tell somebody, I got to tell somebody that darkness may be looming over my life this night, but joy is coming in the morning. I got to prophesy and tell my condition that it's not going to remain the same. I got to tell somebody, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I know I'm not moving, but I'm coming out. I know it doesn't look like much, but I'm coming out. I'm also coming through. I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm coming through it. I'm fighting my way through it. And I'm, I'm not going to be down all the time, but I'm coming up. I'm coming out. I'm coming through and I'm coming up because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Death is not an option in my journey, but I'm coming through, says Elijah. Once again, Ahab, Ahab amazingly follows the direction of Elijah. And I think it's because he now knows that Elijah is no joke. Elijah is real because his prophetic relationship with God has been confirmed at Mount Carmel. But still, there is no rain. There's nothing in the sky. I don't see any rain. For you and I, the text may be highly suggesting to us that it is Elijah's hope and desire to provide for us what we might argue as a strategy to respond with when you don't see anything in your dark moment. Well, here's the strategy. Elijah says, based on his own behavior, here's the strategy. The first piece Elijah says is that whenever you don't see anything, don't panic, but pray. Don't panic, but pray. Look at what verse 42 says. Ahab went up and he ate and he drank, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he crouched down on the earth and he put his face between his knees. Now watch what he does. Elijah says, don't panic because panic will send you in directions of uncertainty and panic will cause anxiety to set in and panic will ignite fear and panic will cause you to disremember or disengage, should I say, from the power source that you have in God and panic will call you to, cause you to forget from whence God has brought you thus far. So Elijah says, don't panic, but Elijah says, pray. And notice what he does. He goes back 
to where he has experienced previous victory. He goes back to the space to which he's gotten victory where God has rained down fire from the heavens, ignited the altar, and demonstrated to Elijah that when he called on his name, God answered prayer. And Elijah says, let me go back to where I got my blessing before, and this is the reason why I reignited this altar, said Elijah, because it wasn't just for that one time at Mount Carmel, but I might have to use it again. That's the reason why you got to have an altar in your heart and an altar in this space and an altar in that space. You got to have a way of knowing that I might not can get to church in the moment of a crisis so I got to know how to go into the bathroom I got to know how to go into the car I got to know how to go in a corner I got to know how to go someplace secluded and I got to build my own altar before God and cry out Father I stretch my hands unto thee I got to cry out Lord I need you right now I got to cry out Lord I'm about to go in the midst of a moment that is filled with uncertainty I need your presence felt right now and Elijah goes right back to Mount Carmel knowing that that's where he had previously saw the victory from the Lord. And look what he does. He bows his face down to the earth. He gets down deep to the earth which is suggestive that he goes to his lowest point. That's the reason why the Bible says, Jesus says, when you humble yourself, God will exalt you in due time. Humility is a way of saying, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my all. And then he takes and crouches his head between his knees. The fetal position that I, says Elijah, am a child rendering my sufficiency to the God who gave me life. Good God from Zion. He is saying not only humble yourself but surrender and by way of doing so lift your eyes to the hills but he humbles and puts his face between his knees in that fetal position and says Lord I'm depending on you that prayer will get me through this thing. I don't see anything but I'm believing that prayer as I prophesy, will bring about a change in my condition. You may not see anything, even when you get up from prayer. You need to then know, said Elijah, even if you don't see anything, when you prophesy and when you pray, move to the next point of the strategy. And look what he says that is. Exercise patience. Exercise patience. Follow with me in the text. Look at verse 43. He says to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. He did so. He looked and he came back to Elijah and he said, There is nothing. I don't see anything, says the servant. And Elijah says, go back and look again. Now watch this. Patience, because if you don't see it on the first go-round, don't throw in the towel. Don't start suggesting that God hadn't heard you. 
Don't believe that your delay is a denial. Don't suggest to yourself that it's not meant for you. Maybe, once again, that the delay is God's way of situating everything so that when deliverance comes, you will know it without a shadow of a doubt. Now, why is that? Why would God cause me to have to engage in patience? I don't see anything, and there's nothing there, says the servant. Well, Elijah might be saying to us, remember, God seems to operate in this patience context or as we have discovered through the year in this stretch mode of making us wait says Job until your change comes how do I know that well remember they had to wait 40 days to get out of the ark once it settled at Mount Eric they had to wait and wait and wait even after the storm because God was draining down the water from the earth so that they could step out once again on dry ground. Remember, they had to go around the Jericho wall for seven days and say nothing. The seventh day, they had to march around seven times and then provide shout. Now, if you and I would operate in our normal expectation, we'd be like, Lord, how come you just on the first day topple this thing, get it over with, and why do I have to walk seven times or seven days first, then seven times? Patience. 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 And if that's not enough, God made a promise to Abraham at the age of 75, you will have a son, talk about patience, but not until 25 years later does Abraham get his son. Patience, can you imagine? And here's what happens when you become impatient. Abraham goes before God and Sarah goes before God and here's what I mean by go before. They thought they put their plan before God's plan, patience. And Hagar comes into the scene. And although Hagar gives birth to Ishmael, who will eventually become a great pawn in the hand of God, they went ahead of God's plan because God was saying indirectly, patience, patience. You've been waiting for the change. You've been waiting for the job promotion. You've been waiting for the move. You've been waiting for the expansion of your life. And God keeps saying, patience. And maybe the patience is because you have not yet worked out all the kinks in your own life. Maybe God is saying, where well, I want to take you to. There's some people there that I need to move around. And maybe he wants to do that because those people there will trouble your spirit and you will not operate in the gift to which God has given you. So God says, patience. How do I know that? Well, it takes two and a half to three years for Joseph to come out of prison in a context in which he done nothing to be placed in prison, and yet God makes him wait for three years. And even in the process, he helps the baker and the butler by way of fulfillment telling them what their visions meant, their dreams, and still patience. 
He's got to wait. And we know that Job waited a long time. We know it was at least more than a week because it took more than a week for all of his friends to show up. But the Jewish tradition says that Job may have waited as much as a year until God restored patience what God, what Job had lost in the process. You know when you read the last chapter of Job, chapter 42, all that he had lost, God double in restoration because of patience. God might be telling someone this morning, I need you to wait, I need for you to hang out, I need for you to hang on, I need for you to strengthen your grip, I need for you to endure because you're going to need patience because the change brain that you are expecting is not going to happen today. I don't see anything, Lord, I know you don't. Patience, patience. And Elijah says, if you have a hard time understanding what patience means, Let's go to the B clause in verse 43. Then I need for you to engage not just patience, but perseverance. I need for you to push on. Look what he says. The servant says, I don't see anything. And Elijah says, go back. Go back. One of the toughest words for us to deal with in the human language and particularly when it comes to our relationship with God is the word until. Because until, Reverend George highly suggests, it's a tough word because it means I must continue to labor. I got to continue to fight. I got to continue to pray. I got to continue to fast. I got to continue to sing. I got to continue to preach until something happens. And the servant now recognized that Elijah is telling him, go back until you see something. Can you imagine that? The servant having to have to go back until he sees something. Put your mindset in the mindset of the servant. Why do I have to keep going back? For what? I don't see anything. Okay, let me bring it home. You and I probably have told God many times, why do I have to keep going through this over and over and over and over again? And God is saying, patience. But now I want you to also understand the importance of perseverance that's why I keep making you go back over and over and the text says seven times he goes back to see if he sees anything and he still doesn't see anything time number one time number two time number three time number four time number five and time number six and herein lies the strength to persevere means to see it through. Uh, the great poet, British poet, Edgar Guess gave us this great poem entitled See It Through. And his idea is to lift up the theme of perseverance. How you can't run from your trouble or you can't run because it hasn't been answered or you can't run because you don't see any rain but you got to continue to push 
until something happens. And it's going to happen. It's the reason why we're spending time every third, every third Wednesday in our Bible study trying to get people to understand the importance of attitude. Because my attitude is going to help me be patient and also it's going to help me persevere. Push through when I don't see nothing and listen to Elijah's servant. Why am I coming back here when there's nothing in the sky? And we've told God, I don't see the purpose of I keep praying over and over and over about this and you still aren't doing anything. And God just whispers in his still voice, patience, perseverance. Push through. When you're up against a trouble, meet it squarely, face to face. Lift your chin and set your shoulders. Plant your feet and take a brace. When it's vain to try to dodge it, do the best that you can. You may fail or you may conquer, but see it through. Black may be the clouds about you and your future may seem grim, but don't let your nerve desert you. Keep yourself in fighting trim. If the worst is bound to happen, spite all that you can do, running from it will not save you. See it through. Even hope may seem futile when with troubles you're beset, but remember you're only facing just what other men have met, you may fail, but fall still fighting. Don't give up. Whatever you do, eyes front, head high to the finish. See it through. Perseverance. And Elijah is telling his servant, I know you don't see nothing, but stick to it. Stay in there. Persevere through. Why? Here's another P. It's a process. See, y'all didn't catch that. I've been telling you good news by way of strategy, by way of P's. First thing I told you was Elijah said, prophesy. See? Second thing I told you Elijah said was, pray. Third thing I told you Elijah said was, be patient. Fourth thing I told you Elijah said was, exercise perseverance. Fifth thing I've told you, Elijah said, remember, it's a process. You got to walk through the process to get to where you want to be. We call it in modern terms bureaucracy, but if you expect to get to where you want to go, you got to walk through it. It's a process. Elijah says when you experience patience and perseverance in the process and you see it through, when you get to the point where you're willing to work through that, then you have, here's another P, positioned positioned yourself so whenever a baby is trying to come out of the birth canal the baby moves itself around so that the head will be face, facing the birth canal for deliverance that baby is trying to tell both its mother and life I'm on my way and the mama might say I don't see anything but she has labor pains <laughs> that labor pain is reminding her it's on the way it, I, I'm coming I, I'm coming the baby and said I'm on the way get ready and so
so it's moving and positioning centimeter after centimeter dilating until it gets to that 10 ah, I'm ready when I get to that 10 I'm on my way into the real world now and maybe some of you don't even know it you're in the birth canal and God is positioning you to get ready for deliverance and he's just simply trying to tell you it's a process and I'm positioning you see it through don't, don't throw in a towel yet. The worst thing to do is to be close to victory and you die on the shore. See it through. Positioning. Because when you position yourself, here's another P, then you've made yourself a qualified candidate for possibilities. Listen to Elijah in the word. Verse 44. And it came about that on the seventh time, I told you, I told you, patience, perseverance, process. Now, look at the possibility. On the seventh time, he said, hold up, wait a minute. Behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. Now, watch this. Here's possibilities. Because when you understand the importance of possibilities, wrapped into possibilities is the miraculous. And here it is. Now, you, you saw what you just read, right? L listen to what the servant said. Listen to what he said one more time. A cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. Now, watch this. Now, all of you probably can see my hand. You, I'm certain you can. However, if I stood uh, at the entrance of the driveway, uh, and uh, no, you stood at the entrance of the driveway, and I stood at the back of the parking lot, you could see images of my hand, but you would probably not really be sure how my hand looked. How can you see a hand, the image of a hand in a cloud and you standing on the mountain? Do you see the miraculous here? L listen to this. How are you going to see that? You never saw it before. But now all of a sudden you see a cloud the size of a hand coming up out of the sea. Did you really see that? possibility and the miraculous look what the text says he says to his servant go up and tell Ahab now watch my peas because here's something else Elijah's trying to tell us when you see the cloud the size of a man's hand in the sky maybe Elijah is trying to tell us or tell you now I know you don't see nothing but Picture your miracle. You missed it. Picture. Imagine. Visualize your picture. And look what he tells Ahab. Make haste. Verse 44. Make haste before the rain stops you. Because Elijah has already saw it. It's coming. The rain is coming. 
He tells his servant, go back and look again. The servant says, oh, now I'm starting to see it. It's a small cloud. It's tiny. It's the size of a man's hand, but it's coming up. I don't care how small the beginning of the miracle might be, it's the beginning of a miracle. And it's starting to change in your context. And it's coming up. Why? Because God, here's another P, is going to fulfill God's promise. How did I get that? Go back to verse 1 of chapter 18. Remember what God tells Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab and watch this and I will send rain on the face of the earth it's a promise and if God says it he's going to do it but Elijah experiences a miracle of his own watch the text and then I'm done it says that in verse 45 in a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and winds. And maybe your Bible reads differently. And it says there came a heavy rain, a heavy shower. And Elijah tells Ahab, get in your chariot, get to Jezreel before the rain stops your progress. Wait a minute, why would he stop? Well, God's gonna open up the windows of heaven and in pouring down the rain, it will be so much that it will flood out the path to which your chariot needs to move. So you go on to Jezreel, beat the storm, get ahead of it, so that when you get there and the rains come, all you have to do is go back and look at how God has flourished the earth and you'll begin to see the crops grow and famine and drought and death will start to disappear. Patience, perseverance, process, picture. And here's Elijah's miracle, verse 46. God gave Elijah strength where Elijah tucked in his cape <laughs> ran Ahab in his chariot to Jezreel now I know this is a miracle because that would not have been possible humanly for him to outrun horse and chariot but when God has his hand on your circumstance and when God is working all things together for you and when God has your name on a miracle and when God is bringing all things together, the supernatural excels the natural. And Elijah outruns Ahab. Can you see Ahab when he gets to Jezreel, sees Elijah and says, how you beat me here? Man, if you only knew one more time the God that I serve can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think 
I just came to tell somebody this morning, don't you get mad and don't you throw away your victory because you don't see anything. You go back again and again and keep looking until you see something happen in your life and you trust your patience and you trust your perseverance and you trust the process and you picture God working all things together for the good and you let the supernatural bring victory to your life. When you don't see anything, pray. Pray and trust that God is working it out for your good. And be patient. And push through. Persevere. Trust the process. Believe possibilities that God has in store for you. And picture coming out, coming through, coming over. And picture blessings raining down in your life. Because just because you don't see it, don't mean it ain't there. It just means that God is working on you to get you ready for that blessing. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house and thank him for the word of the Lord on this blessed day. Father, help us.